Welcome back to episode 75 of the FPL Draft Club podcast. In this episode, we're looking ahead to game week 37. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, a podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of some draft chat ahead of game week 37, the penultimate game week of the year and how quickly this season seems to have flown. Now, uh, I have to start off by uh, apologising for my lack of presence over the past few weeks. Uh, I do appreciate one or two of you who've uh, reached out to me in the messages to check I'm okay. I can confirm I am absolutely fine. It's just that there's been a lot of uh, life admin and trips away and work stuff going on over the last few weeks. So I've had to put the podcast in the back seat, but I'm back this week. Um, I still am pretty busy at the moment. And so this podcast may feel a little bit more ragged than usual. And that's because I've basically done uh, none of the usual prep that I would do ahead of one of my standard game week pods. So I'm kind of winging it. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes, um, just looking ahead, see whether it flows a bit better um, than some of my usual ones do, or whether it just ends up with me having to edit out a lot more ums and ahs than I might have done previously. So we're coming off the back um, of a big, big double game week, lots of big scores around. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a reasonably good week in my main league, just short of the century, but I'm sure many of you out there listening will have passed that 100 mark. Um, So well done to you, I'm sure that would have seen you win the majority of your matchups or get a good leg up if you're playing uh, standard point scoring leagues. We've got uh, another double game week on our hands uh, this week with a select few teams playing twice to to, uh, fit in all of their fixtures before the end with uh, Man United having a blank this week. So they've only got the one fixture left. Um, So the teams doubling this week are uh, Leicester, Everton, Palace and Burnley. So I probably will spend a little bit of time in this podcast having a particular look at those teams. Uh, and then going through the the, uh, the rest who've got single game week fixtures to see who would be worth pulling out. Uh, obviously, it is the time to go big or go home. It's not the time of year to start getting precious about guys you've been holding on to for a long time um, with just the two weeks left to try and get to where you want to be at the end of the season. Anyway, some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Danny Ings, Wilfred Zaha, Jamie Vardy, plus a few others, so let's get into it. So let's cast our eye down the fixtures then. Um, The early kickoff on Sunday is Spurs against Burnley, uh, which is a pretty nice fixture on paper for Spurs, who also go away to Norwich on the final day. So I think there will be a clamour for Spurs guys ahead um, of these two last fixtures. Uh, one person of note that you could be looking to bring in this week is Davinson Sanchez. Uh, very unlikely that he's picked up in your league given how stable the defence has been uh, over the last couple of months. But we have confirmation that uh, Romero is out with an injury which will keep him out for the duration of the season now. So uh, I think that uh, back five looks pretty set to me um, which will be Emerson Royale. Uh, on the right, uh, Session on the left, uh, and then Davies, Dyer, and Sanchez in the middle. As a as a real backup option, if you're scraping the barrel and do want a bit of that Spurs uh, team, 
Um, ben Tanker in midfield is possibly another one you might want to look at for that chance of the odd assist. Uh, moving into the afternoon then, we've got uh, Villa against Palace. So both of those teams are doubling um, and uh, start off by playing each other. On paper, you can see that game going either way. Neither team has particularly, uh, well, neither team has anything to play for now. Um, but uh, both teams just showing that uh, they're coming into a little bit of form as we come to the close of the season. So I expect goals from both sides there. Not exactly one I would be rushing to in terms of a clean sheet. Um, especially as Palace are then away to Everton, who very much have something to play for. Um, but out of the two teams there, I would probably be looking at Aston Villa defenders, who then have a home game against Burnley to complete their double. Uh, the Villa defence looks to be fairly set for the duration as well, with Cash, Mings, Konsa and uh, Dina. The odd chance that Chambers comes in, but I think they're pretty much the settled back four. In attack, it was a big week for Emil Buendia, um, despite only starting uh, one of the games in that away game against Burnley. Interesting to note, obviously, that they're playing Burnley again in quick succession. Um, how that affects your thinking, I'm not sure, but a 3-1 win uh, away at Turf Moor, um, I would say, bodes pretty well for them in the home fixture. Buendia um, got a goal and assist in that game, uh, as well as uh, all three bonus points, given 15 points overall for the double. Um, I think against the likes of Palace and uh, particularly Burnley, I think Buendia will start. He's by no means guaranteed, but he has been getting minutes uh, every single match since game week 28. So even if he starts one and comes off the bench in one, um, that's not a terrible result for a guy with the sort of ceiling that Emil Buendia has. Up front, um, obviously there is uh, Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings kind of vying for the forward spots. I think it, it does seem that um, Watkins is Gerard's favourite, but uh, it looks like he has picked up a bit of a knock. He started pretty much every game. I think he started every game under Stephen Gerrard. For me, he's still not quite that lethal finisher that a Premier League clubs need. Not, not in the same kind of bracket as Danny Ings, who is just an out-and-out goal scorer and a poacher um, who wants to score. I think there is a chance that Ings is available in quite a few leagues out there. He might have been dropped over the past few weeks, even despite the fact that his uh, form has turned around. Um, he's definitely someone I'd be interested in getting in for these last couple of games. Um, and then probably one that you could uh, dump ahead of that 38 game against Manchester City. Uh, the next fixture is Leeds against Brighton. Now, I said a few weeks ago that I was pretty much going to just ignore Brighton now for the rest of the season, um, given how their fixtures looked on paper. Um, I may have to slightly reverse that. I think it's well worth, um, if there are any Brighton attackers um, going on your waivers, it's well worth bringing them in this week. Leeds look absolute, they just look an absolute shambles. Um, obviously fighting for their lives, but just not showing any sort of composure in, in these last few weeks. Um, nothing to suggest that they are going to be able to turn the results around compared to uh, the likes of Burnley and Everton. Um, who seem to be able to claw points at the moment. But um, that defence is terrible. Obviously, some key omissions uh, through injury and uh, suspensions through red cards. And Brighton coming off the back of a massive result uh, against Man United at home, 4-0. And uh, yeah, I just think as much as Leeds will be looking at this game on paper and, and uh, seeing that Brighton don't have much to play for, um, I think if Brighton turn up like they did last week, they could really tear tear Leeds apart. Mope is clearly not fancied anymore and could be on his way out. 
Um, I would imagine at the end of the season if he gets a move elsewhere. And so Danny Welbeck is a reasonable pickup this week if he's free. Um, and I imagine he will be free in quite a lot of leagues and he is free in my uh, in my home league, for example. Then we've got Watford against Leicester. Watford obviously now confirmed relegation and um, really going out with very little fight at all. That The appointment of, of Roy Hodgson just looks very odd um, in, in hindsight that he looks absolutely done with uh, football. Doesn't really look like he could care less. And they're coming up against Leicester who have now just fighting for pride with the duration of the uh, season they've got left. Um, obviously, Leicester, one of those teams that have got a double game week this week. The game away at Watford here is the one really that you're going to be targeting for points as their second game is away to Chelsea on Thursday night. Obviously, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, Jamie Vardy, a guy I want to mention, not uh, not uh, not least because I've been hanging on to Vardy since draft day and it's been a real lean uh, a real lean couple of months, um, you know, between game weeks 29 and 33, where we didn't see him at all, including that nice double in, in 33 with the likes of Iheanacho and Daka picking up the slack. Um, obviously then popped up on the bench a few weeks ago and has just been getting substitute appearances. Um, and then with his first start since coming back, he gets two goals and was, and to be honest, was unlucky not to get more. He actually ended up getting a really fluky goal for his first when he had some far easier chances um, that he didn't stick away earlier on. It was against Norwich uh, at home. So in theory, on paper, that is the easiest game you're likely to face this season. Um, But in terms of the types of matches and the types of matchups you're looking at for a striker, uh, a match against Watford at the moment um, is possibly even better than, than Norwich, whose form... Um, has probably outstripped that of Watford if we look at the last few months. So, um, yeah, I mean, whether he starts both games in the double remains to be seen as just the four four games between them, but they might think, well, there's just three games left for the season. Um, we'll, we'll get what we can out of him, let him rest up for the summer. Um, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, a great pickup. I'm sure there would have been lots who did drop him, especially in some of those smaller leagues, you know, five, six, seven, eight teams um, who weren't willing to wait for the injury, um, particularly those who didn't think he would actually come back and be able to score well. Um, so if he was there, he would be absolute number one on my shopping list. Defensively, Leicester are kind of hard to pick at the moment. There's quite a few defenders there. Some are getting rested on, on different weeks. Full back areas are getting lots of rotation. Um, Castagna and Evans would seem to be reasonably safe, but I wouldn't really be too hopeful of um, clean sheets, particularly in that away to Chelsea. Um, hard to see a clean sheet there. And equally, that game against Watford, whilst I still see Leicester battering them, Watford very much have goals in them themselves and Leicester have not been great defensively. So um, yeah, out of all the doublers, Leicester are not a great one to look at for their defensive assets. Then it's West Ham against Manchester City. There's probably not too much to say here. I can see this being a pretty comfortable win for Man City. Um, And uh, yeah, if any of their players are available, any of the usual suspects pick them up, but I very much doubt it. Then we've got Wolves against Norwich. Wolves just in the single fixture, but as single game week fixtures go, a home game to Norwich um, is pretty good. Um, they did have glimpses of playing pretty good football against Manchester City last week and the scoreline um, maybe wasn't 100% fair on how that went. But to be honest, they did, they did pretty much disappear in the second half. This could be a tight game. But, you know, you know, if you're looking to pick up a, d- a defender for this week, they're not the not the worst ones to look at. The likes of Connor Cody, Kilman, Sice, one of their one of their regulars. 
Um, if you do get them in this week, you have to look at it as being just the single week punt because they go away to Anfield in 38, um, where you could be looking at minus points if you stick with one of their defenders. Then we've got Everton against Brentford. Uh, obviously, Everton still fighting to uh, get out of relegation. Their double is probably um, the nicest on paper next to Aston Villa. Um, who again have two home games. So Everton's home games are against Brentford and then Palace later in the week. Not the worst fixtures when you're trying to get points um, to stave off relegation. If they could get three points out of those two games, uh, I think they would consider that a pretty big step towards Premier League football next year. And if they could get four points, so if they could get a win and a draw, then I think that would pretty much put uh, put them safe with two wins almost guaranteeing it, if not actually guaranteeing it. I haven't done the maths. Everton set up with a back five in the last game, um, pretty conservative and ended up nil-nil. Still a, you know, a decent point for them, but against Watford, they might have hoped for more. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, in this fixture. They sort of played Coleman as uh, as a right centre-back and Hadiwobi as a, as a wing-back. They may well do that again, but equally they could just shift to a back four uh, with Holgate and Keane in the middle, Mikolenko on the left and Coleman as a right-back. Um, it depends really how they how they look at these fixtures, whether they're just trying to grind out uh, points and, and keep the results tight or if they're going to eye one of these fixtures up and go for the win. I think they should go for the win, despite how badly they've been playing. They've got players that can score against anyone on their day. Um, so if you're looking to get in on that ensemble, um, the likes of Damari Gray and Iwobi are options and Ducore, while he's gone pretty quiet towards the, the middle and back end of the season, is another one who can pop up with an attacking return as well. On Monday night is uh, a massive game in the um, battle for fourth as Newcastle host Arsenal. Lots have been made about this match, um, particularly after the uh, North London derby defeat yesterday. Um, you know, billing this as the, the main potential banana skin for Arsenal in their quest to finish fourth, which is still very much in their hands if they win their two remaining games. But, you know, you have to agree with a lot of the comments coming out that away to uh, St. James's Park on a Monday night under the lights, the last home game of the season in what's been, you know, an impressive turnaround from them when most people had them written off as relegated before Christmas. Um, It is going to be a tough game for Arsenal, particularly with some of their defenders out as well. And just the confidence, um, uh, the the um, the lack of confidence that would have come from that result uh, against Spurs yesterday. For Newcastle, their team will be reasonably easy to predict. Um, I'm not sure I would go near their defenders, but up front, um, the likes of Chris Wood, um, St. Maximan, even someone like John Joe Shelby. These are the types of games where they could crop up with a goal or two. Equally, um, new guy Bruno is another one who would be well worth looking at for a one-week punt. Then on Tuesday, we've got the Southampton against Liverpool again, similar to the West Ham City uh, match. I don't really see much beyond a pretty convincing Liverpool win here. I wouldn't go near any of the Southampton players um, and any of the likely candidates for Liverpool that you might want, I'm sure, are already taken. Then we get into Thursday and uh, this is where all the doubles come back around. So Everton take on Palace, um, Villa take on Burnley and Chelsea take on Leicester, as mentioned before. The other player I said I'd mention at the top was Wilfred Zaha, um, who has had a really a great season for Palace, um, despite near enough every year him being touted to leave and go on to bigger and better things. Um, you know, he's he's now on 13 league goals for the season, which is his most ever for a Premier League campaign, um, ahead of his tally of 11 last season. He did have 
what you could argue was a better season in 18-19 where he got double figure goals and assists. Just has the one assist this season, um, which is probably far less than uh, Palace would like given his position. But still, 13 goals and an assist is pretty good um, in a team like Palace on penalties, um, albeit not the most prolific penalty taker. Um, But if we look at his season form, the majority of these goals have come since game week 26, where he's had two, three, four, five. Yeah, more than half of them have come just in the last eight game weeks. Um, You know, Palace, obviously on paper, Villa and Everton, not the easiest two away games. And then at home to Man United, to be honest, I could see Zaha getting a return in all three of those fixtures. Um, Unlikely that he's going to be available, but if he was, um, again, he's another player that I'd have pretty close to the top of my shopping list. So when I look down at uh, at my team this week, um, some of the moves I'm thinking about doing, both just out of want and also for need. In terms of need, um, I ended up going with Yerry Mina ahead of last week, um, which could have paid off quite nicely, but unfortunately got injured in that uh, pretty early on in the first game, in the double game week against Leicester. Um, so just a disappointing one point for him. Uh, from that double and it doesn't look like he's going to return anytime soon so I've got a need to replace there Um, obviously from what I said if I'm looking at a single game weaker I could go for the likes of a a Wolves defender um, because most of the other doublers aren't free Uh, particularly the Villa defenders are all gone Um, and uh, yeah I'm not particularly interested in a Leicester or Burnley doubler and then in midfield um, not exactly a need, but I think given the fixtures, I ended up picking up Rodri for City last week. was a good move if I hadn't kept him on the bench. Um, but I think there are probably some better streaming midfielders I can pick up this week. Um, looking at maybe one of the Everton guys, um, you know, even the likes of Douglas Louise, who's kind of a like for like for Rodri. But you might be looking at five or six points um, instead of uh, one or two that you'd get from another single game weaker like a Ben Tanker or a Hoiberg. Douglas Louise himself not completely immune to scoring. He did get a goal in the uh, in their fixture against Liverpool last week. So, yeah, he's another one I'd be looking at. But um, it's that, that period of the season where you just have to start going with your gut. Um, there are obviously some big names floating around on waiver piles who I'm not interested in. For example, in my league, I'm looking at Ward Prowse, um, Ben Rama, um, those kind of guys. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably end up uh, going for someone, try and get someone in with a double game week there um, and uh, roll from there, really. There's not many who I'm too interested in, apart from maybe Spurs, um, who could do a job for this week and next week. I'm just going to take it one week at a time. Look at some guys who can do a job for me this week and then plan again uh, following those games in midweek. So that's it for this episode. The waiver deadline this weekend is on Saturday, which is obviously a different time, um, but better being a bit later than earlier than usual. So if you do suddenly panic on Friday, um, at least uh, you've got uh, another day. So waivers will be processed at 10.30 in the morning, um, Saturday morning UK time, ahead of the main game week deadline on Sunday, ahead of that early kickoff between Spurs and Burnley. Now the following week, um, all of the game week 38 fixtures, as is tradition, will kick off at exactly the same time, which is four o'clock on Sunday, which means we'll have another Saturday waiver deadline Um, But a reasonably tight turnaround again because we will have a good handful of fixtures on the Thursday. 
There is still lots of work going on behind the scenes on improving the site and uh, everything that we have to offer ahead of next season. Um, So make sure you stay peeled on social media and uh, anyone you know who you think might be interested in hearing what we've got to offer both on the site and on the podcast and let them know, get them to sign up. You can still sign up and then you'll be kept well in the loop for all of the happenings as we move towards the summer. As always, my DMs uh, are open for particular questions um, and uh, advice on different waivers and um, who to go with in your league. That's the beauty of draft is that every single league is different. And so everyone's waiver window and everyone's uh, list of players available and priorities are completely different, um, which is what makes this game so fun. The best way to do that is on Twitter at FBL Draft Hub Pod. Um, and uh, yeah I will be available in the morning to answer some DMs ahead of that waiver deadline so be f- feel free to uh, to message me but in the meantime best of luck ahead of the penultimate game week and as always stay shook sure.